1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 chat.
0: 1234 well, in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at a home office today along with Brendan Escock. Uh, just before we go to Elliot Friedman, quick text from Jay in a tinfoil hat. He says, huge props to the Oilers uh, for the way they took uh, young Ben into their organization last night. Uh, Jay says that's one of the reasons why we love the team so much as frustrated as we get. The love is always there. And, uh, Ben Stelter again, honored last night, aged five. He's, uh, been battling an aggressive type of cancer that can occur in either the brain or the spinal cord. And he was diagnosed with a brain tumor about a year ago and underwent four rounds of chemotherapy, um, And unfortunately, the tumor uh, returned in December. It was a real emotional night last night. And there were a lot of people that did a lot of uh, really uh, supportive things. And I know everybody out there in oil country is cheering for Ben and uh, Ben's family right now. We had another texter point out that Connor McDavid has now tied Paul Coffey in points as an Edmonton oiler. Uh, Coffey had 669 points in 532 games, including 209 goals. McDavid's at 669 points in 471 games. Uh, The stat that just makes me shake my head is Paul Coffey had almost a 13% shooting percentage as a defenseman with the Oilers, two years over 15%. All right, Uh, he is one of the most popular guests this show has. For Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality and most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible, visit mid-city.ca. We welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers
2: Elliot Friedman. Elliot, how you doing? I'm I'm, hoping I'm going
0: to be less distracted this week. Yeah, well, uh, it's past the deadline, so if something happens now, like uh, maybe Kelly McCrimmon finding a new home for Jenny Dadonoff to reward him after that performance last night, uh, maybe you can beg off the show. That was actually, you know, that's you know what? That's that's you're you're working in the here and now. It's live. I mean, that's what happens. It's no different than I have a theory that the best guys work live, you know, live broadcast and it's you got to be sharp when you do that because stuff can happen, and you, you've got to react the right way. So uh, it was a lot of fun, and this was all over the Tampa Bay trade with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and it turned out, that maybe you can educate our listeners here, just because I think there was a little bit of confusion. Uh, the two Kyles, something happened there between Davidson uh, and Dubas. Uh, can you perhaps uh, shed some insight on what exactly went down?
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, So basically what happened was, before Hagel was traded to Tampa, Toronto and Chicago discussed a deal that would send Fleury and Hagel to Toronto for a first-round pick, maybe more, and uh, probably probably Toronto's top prospect. Toronto's got two guys. People who've seen them more can argue about it, but uh, one of them is Matthew Nyes, who's a a winner at – uh, Minnesota, and uh, there's a chance that um, Matthew Nyes is going to be in the NHL with the Maple Leafs uh, as soon as his team is finished uh, playing in the NCAAs. They're a very good team. Anyway, uh, Toronto decided, it never got to Flurry for approval. Toronto decided they weren't going to do it. They didn't want to pay that price, particularly since Fleury's a rental, and so the, the, the deal kind of died there, and Hagel went to Tampa Bay. But it got out after that it was discussed, and uh, especially because Dubis had already decided they weren't going to do it, um, he just didn't like it. Um, you know, as you know, some of the some of these GMs react very differently to their conversations getting out there. Some shrug it off, some don't like it. Uh, others kind of look at it like, well, okay, how will it affect our players? And I'm sure that Dubis, who at that time probably knew what he was doing in goal, I would say 99% knew what he was doing in goal, didn't want his goaltenders to be distracted by
0: that yeah so end result is uh you know are, are they going to meet in the barn like uh, berkey and kevin lowe were ready to they buy as you know they've patched things up we've had brian on the show for three plus years they did the whole battle of alberta thing they did the kevin lowe uh, toast of the town this august in edmonton it was outstanding uh but it's kind of i mean those are two of the younger youngest gms in the league right
2: yes they are and and, and someone reminded me, there was a, a tweeter who reminded me that if you think about it and you know Ontario at all, uh, Dubis is from Sault Ste. Marie, and Davidson, although uh, born in Ottawa, he went to university in Sudbury, and Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury are big rivals. So they're pretty much destined to dislike each other, which I thought was a good way of putting it. Uh, Laurentian? Is that? Yes, that's where he went, sports management. Yeah, yeah, I hear a lot about mm-hmm. that program.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Harvard of the North, apparently, according to some of the people that come out of there. I digress.
2: Uh, all right, yeah, Elliot. That's uh, that's like that's like BX-er calling like uh, Bowling Green, the uh, Harvard of the Midwest.
0: Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> hey, Kevin, have you heard of Northwestern? <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> what was what was your uh, uh, actually? You know what? This is a oh, you you, we, you brought up Bowling Green today, and. Uh, Greg Parks played at Bowling Green. He was a friend of mine. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, today would have been his 55th birthday. So I saw when I looked on, I looked online on Hockey Reference today uh, that uh, I was I, I look on Hockey Reference every day to see if there's you know any Oilers Hall of Famers or anything like that or favorite players of the Oilers. I saw Greg on there today. So uh, back to uh, back to the here and now in the NHL, Elliot. Uh, what surprised you the most out of the trade deadline? Was there anything that went you went wow with? Well, I, I
2: think. Probably the whole the thing is, is probably the one that surprises the most because you know it's it's rare that you see NHL Central Registry approve something and then get told uh, that they uh, that they have to change it right um, so that that's probably the one for me and you know I don't know if we've heard the end of this one will there be any ramifications repercussions um, you know where does this go from here. Um, You know, I I think that that's what we're kind of all wondering. Like, one of the things that uh, I think we're kind of watching here is right now um, in the NHL, even though Central Registry knows the player has protection, um, even though that he has protection, the league doesn't necessarily know what specific teams are part of that protection. And because of where it sounds like this all broke down, Um, I think that what we're going to have to do here is have a situation where now players, because right now, for example, if Connor McDavid has no trade, his agent would file the list with with Edmonton, and only they would know. Like nobody else has to know. And I think Bob, that that is going to change. I think that we're we're going to we're going to have a situation where it's going to have to be filed with central registry.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was interesting because there were some deals that were delayed, and I know that, uh, and I want to credit the right guy, but I think Frank Cervelli was the first one to report the Kulak was coming to Edmonton. But that deal mm-hmm. actually shifted during the course of the afternoon, depending on some other things that Edmonton could make. Uh, happened, and that's how the seventh-round pick got added as Montreal took on some money. Uh, did you hear of anything that came close but didn't get consummated, Elliot? I,
2: I think uh, the ones that uh, I, I think that the ones that I, I would kind of look at Kessel is is probably one. Um, uh, I think that it, it's it's a situation where. Uh, I think there were definitely teams interested. The problem is his cap hit was $6.8 million from Arizona. Toronto still got a little bit of it. And they couldn't be in a situation where Kessel, uh, because Arizona had already done two deals where they'd held money, Kemper and ekman larson they could only do one more. And they chose to do it with Johan Larson yeah. from uh, to Washington. So then they had no more room to, to withhold money or cap hit. And I think in Kessel's situation, that was a problem. And, you know, that's that's where we're going to go there. And that was why I know there was a lot of interest. I mean, Raquel was tight. That one came right down to the end. Max Domi was tight. That one came right down to the end. I know there was a lot of interest in Kessel. But that one was, unfortunately, not in a situation where uh, they could sit there and say, "Okay, um, uh, we can make this deal now, because it was just too big a hit.
0: I saw Jeff Chickren when the Oilers were in Florida, because he works on their broadcasts. Jacob Chickren's name has been out there seemingly since November. Are you surprised he did not get moved uh, between then and the deadline?
2: Somebody told me that when the Sherrod trade came down, it made it more difficult because Montreal did so well for Sherrod as a rental. It kind of drove up the price for Chikrin as a person with an extension. In trip, or term. With
0: term. Did you hear anything on John Gibson? I mean, Anaheim, Pat Verbeek's gone in there as GM. They move out Josh uh, Manson. They move out Lynn Holm. You mentioned they moved out Raquel. I'm missing so They they moved out Delore. Unfortunately, it wasn't Edmonton. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. Uh, do you think that we might, I mean, you know how these things work. Sometimes conversations that take place in these war rooms at the deadline, I'll give you a prime illustration of that. The Ryan Strom for Jordan Eberle trade almost happened during the 16-17 season and then happened mm-hmm. in the off-season in 17. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, Pete Shirelli turned around and flipped Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner because Ryan Strom has been a pretty good New York Ranger. So, and I'm wondering a bit about Gibson. I'm wondering whether or not he ends up potentially in play this summer.
2: Conversation, I do, I, yeah. I, I do, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I have a feeling that that's going to be a summer conversation. I think this summer is going to be wild, Bob. I, I really do. I think that's going to be. You think it's going to be wild? going be a wild summer. Yes, I do. I think there's going to be a lot of good players out there. Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg, Philly. Um, uh, I think. Uh, who else would I say? Winnipeg, Philly. You know, depends on how the playoffs go too. Um, right. I think there's going to be a lot out there.
0: All right, Elliot Friedman for Mid-City Construction Management. Visit mid-city.ca. Bob Staffer with you in orders now. I, I know sometimes you don't love doing this, but can you assess which teams you thought did pretty good?
2: Like I thought, Colorado did really nicely. I thought Minnesota did really nicely. I thought Calgary did really nicely. Uh, I know Boston, Lindholm. I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of their game last night, but yeah. Merrick was saying that McAvoy and Lindholm looked fantastic together. Right. Um, you know, I I, I think that. Uh, I think that that's. It. I thought some. T- I thought those teams did really well. Like I know you guys were not lacking in. I think he's a really good player, and it was good for Colorado to get him. Um, you know, those are the teams I really look at and thought they did really nicely. I mean, it's amazing. Like to me, the Eastern teams are the the ones that said, are, we're wide open here," and I think some of the Western teams were a bit more guarded. And, um, you know, I, I just think that that's a, a situation where um, some of the Western teams, I think, feel that their conference is a bit more top-heavy, and the Eastern teams think they're a bit more wide open. But I like Minnesota. I like Calgary, even though they didn't make any real dead deals that day except for Carpenter. I like Colorado. I like Lynnholm. I mean, uh, Tampa, they they got their depth, right? And they got two-thirds of a third line. Players, yeah, I think that those Eastern Plows are just going to be ridiculous.
0: Elliot, what was Ottawa doing? What do you mean? Well, uh, am I missing something on giving up a third round draft choice for a player that was waived earlier this year that's got a year left at a $3 million cap hit? Uh, oh, you, you, you,
2: you, what, Hammond, Sorry. What, what, oh, Hammett? Yeah, sorry. Apologies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,. That was an interesting one to me. That was a really interesting one. You're a point. No question right. about it. Well, no, you know what? Like,
0: I know. Like, I,
2: like, I, I really thing,
0: like... Yeah, I like Pierre Dorado so, the, too, man.
2: It, it's not, it, the thing is, like, I like Hammond as... Like, the guy? It, like, like, I just think of like his charity and stuff like that. like I, The one for kids who've lost parents. And as, as a guy who lost a parent when he was very young, I'm very sensitive to that. Yep. Um, look, like... I was surprised that Vancouver didn't have to send a pick with it. Put it that way.
0: Yes, it was that, that was an interesting move. I also, uh, you mentioned the orders were in on Leckin and they were in on Nick Paul too. You know that. And um, you know, I I got to tell you, I I, I thought Ottawa could have gotten more. They must really like Matthew Joseph. I was mm-hmm. surprised. I was surprised in that trade. I got to tell you, I thought that there was teams that were probably prepared to, I've, and I've always liked Nick Paul. I think he's a real, You look at Tampa Bay, and between Hagel and Paul, they got two-thirds of a third. They basically lost their third line, Gorge of Seattle, and then obviously Goodrow and uh, Coleman signing those big deals with the Rangers and the Flames, respectively. And now they pretty much replaced it. Like, it's pretty, they did pretty well. Like, Julian Breezebaugh did a good job there. And at the end of the day, between those three teams, and those three beasts of Southeast Elliot. They still have the best guardian. They got the best goaltender. No question, Mm -hmm. Vasilevsky. They're going to be tough to Mm -hmm. beat, don't you think? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, uh, I think they're – look, like, uh, to me in the playoffs, Bob, Vasilevsky's the best player in the league. Wow. Okay. Look at them the last two years. Yep.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know Pat Burns' line, goaltending seventy percent of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's a hundred percent of hockey. And people forget the, the the glory era Oilers. They had a guy named Grant Fuhr that was pretty good as well. Uh, Toronto, are they just yes. like like? How, do you think they're capable of winning a couple of playoff rounds?
2: I think the, I think the East is gonna. I mean, number one for me is does their goaltending hold up? Yeah. No, does the goaltending hold up? That's, uh, that's, that's number one. Um, that, to me, that's the deal. Like, it, you know, do they get the goaltending? And, you know, they, they've struggled with it a bit lately. And until I'm convinced that one of those guys is going to be able to carry the job, it's hard to predict them. Uh, I like their moves. You know, a lot of talk about Giordano. I think Blackwell will be a very good fit for what they need. But I think the goaltending has got to stabilize. And that's what i got to know. Is the goaltending going to stabilize?
0: Now, what happened to Clark Singer in Western Ontario this year? Because I see they're not in the OUA Final Four.
2: I haven't followed it at all. I've just... <laughs> I'm just uh, I know that's that... what I, happened. I, mm-hmm.
0: I, I talked to Kyler Yamamoto. His brother Keanu's playing at McGill. And they got a chance to claim the third spot out of the OUA tomorrow. That was a big upset. I think they stunned Queens, who are like 18 and 1 this year. Uh, and Elliot, one more for you, just on Noah Philp. Uh, the orders had several mm-hmm. pass out to see him. I'm led to believe that there's at least four teams currently looking at him, and two of them are in the Eastern Conference. Uh, two, mm. of them are, two of them are in the province of Alberta, and two of them are in the Eastern Conference. So that surprised me a little bit. So, uh,
2: well, uh, I mean, he's like he's. I've heard. Like I haven't seen him, obviously. Yeah. But I have heard he's a really talented
0: player. Yeah,
2: and people are always looking for talented players.
0: Well, uh, there could be. I mean, hey, look at the whole Hayden Hodgson story. That is unbelievable. The guy spent four years in the East Coast League, like, finally got some traction last year, was playing out mm-hmm. in Lehigh Valley for Ian LaPerriere and Jason Smith. I talked to Gator probably six weeks ago, and he said, we have a guy that does stuff that nobody does anymore in the AHL. And the Flyers ended up, they Elliot, they had to sign him or somebody else <laughs> was going to scoop him. Yes. Right. You looked great last night, by the
2: way. What a great story.
0: I'm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that H L gentleman's agreement that you don't sign other teams' H uh, L contracted players out. I. It's, it's an interesting one.
2: Uh, what are you the, telling me that the others tried to get him?
0: I would suggest that Pat Morris made it aware to several teams that this guy probably was on the precipice of playing in the NHL. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying Edmonton tried to get him, but... That's
2: what an agent is supposed to do. Is,
0: yeah. is, is drum up interest uh, for their guy. Yeah. Hey, one, one final one for you. Evander mm-hmm. Kane, how do you think it's gone so far at Edmonton for him?
2: I think it's gone pretty well for him in Edmonton. It seems like it's a really good fit, no question. And you know, what I was happy to see score last night was was Derek Brassard.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: You know, got... Derek Brassard. I've always loved dealing with him over the years, um, and he's still a sneaky good player. So, uh, but Kane is he's been excellent there. There's no question about it. It'd be interesting to see what happens in the future, Bob.
0: And that's what I wanted to ask. Could you? So I'm going to just give you a target: four times four. Yeah. See somebody out there in the league giving him a four-year term at at least four million bucks per
2: I don't know I think it I think it probably depends like there's a lot that still has to be sorted out here first of all how does the rest of the season in the playoffs go for him number two what happens with his uh with his uh with his grievance um and then like I, I think the other thing that's it's going to happen out here is you know just you know where does he want to go you know like is he at a point where he says you know what I'm comfortable here that's good enough for me or does he have a particular target in mind yeah. I think that's that's all part of it
0: all right uh, he is agents Dan milstein are you hearing anything further on Kuzmenko who many people think is uh, the best player to
2: I think play. that, like I think there's a lot of teams interested in him a lot I think one of the questions is you know are there going to be visa issues next year uh, as the invasion of Ukraine continues um, I think that's what a lot of people are wondering wondering but just based purely on hockey there's a ton of interest in him and i'm assuming they'll just sort it out at the end of the season
0: elliot great stuff appreciate your time thanks for joining us on oilers now
2: all right big man take care
0: Take care. 1253 in Edmonton. That's Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid-City Construction Management. We'll tell you the guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. They're open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan along with Daphne and Chris that Oilers now sent you back with the, well, it's now an abbreviated Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown and we'll get to some of your tech as well renew we return on Oilers Now.
1: Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630
0: Chat. 12.56 in Edmonton. Oilers fourth-round pick in uh, 2020. A guy that Brendan Escott knows well is Carter Savoy. He scored last night for Denver as they defeated UMass Lowell 3-2. Denver's had a very good season. Uh, They're basically one win away from the NCAA uh, Frozen Fort. They play Minnesota Duluth tomorrow. Uh, Minnesota Duluth has a goaltender by the name of Ryan Fante. He's from Thunder Bay, and he's really good. Had a shutout last night over Michigan Tech, which is Alex Smith's old school. Uh, Alex Smith, the son of Sid Smith, who was a 630 chat program director for a number of years and now doing some agency work. So uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye tomorrow on Denver and Minnesota Duluth. That's a uh, 2 p.m. Uh, puck drop. Uh, and, again, Denver's had an outstanding season. Carter Savoy, do the Oilers sign him this summer? Not sure. Uh, and somebody's going to end up signing Ryan Fante, uh, the goaltender from uh, Minnesota Duluth. I heard there several teams in on him. Okay. Uh, Let's do this. We are going to go to the Oilers now. Injury report at 1257 in Edmonton for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers. Unrivaled experience. Unrivaled commitment. Unrivaled results. Here we go. For the Oilers. Basically completely healthy. Uh, They've got uh, Oscar Kleffbaum and Kyle Turris on LTIR at this time. Clefbaum hasn't played in the last two years, and uh, Tourist 50 games for the uh, Edmonton Oilers over the last two seasons. But uh, the Oilers with three healthy scratches right now, Chris Russell, Derek Ryan, and Josh Archibald as they get ready to take on... The Calgary Flames tomorrow night, who host Arizona tonight and have healthy scratch Sean Monahan, the sixth overall pick in the 2013 NHL Draft. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, second hour of the show, Mark Spector, sportsman spec for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. And our Will Hawk beef jerky headliner today will be Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. You're listening
1: to Oilers now.